Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course spoilers, and goes into detail about the topics discussed. So, if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this Issue, we got the games, the comics, the movie news, what conventions pulling up stakes, what two galactic ladies men are about to go head to hairpiece, what bad mother is making his way to television, you're about to find out, plus listener feedback, questions from spoilerites, just like you. And I've been trying to make this joke for several hundred episodes, but it's finally germane to say, Booyaka, Booyaka 619, the major spoilers podcast is oiled up and wearing our Luchador masks, and we're on the air. Welcome to issue 619 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and sharing this podcast with a friend. And thank you to everyone who's been using that Amazon link this week. Someone uh, tweeted me today and said, hey, I just bought my new laptop through the Amazon link. Arrived today, and I'm loving it. And we're loving you for everyone who uses that link. If you're looking for it, just point your browser to Majorspoilers.com. And then on the right column, on that right column, you should see something right below the search engine that says Amazon. Click on that banner and uh, buy, buy, buy away. I bought a bunch of uh, <laughs> Star Wars X-Wing stuff last night. Oh, yeah? That's probably a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you, you getting into the miniature game now? Well, we got to get ready for more Munchkin Land stuff. And as we start to move over to some video stuff with Munchkin Land, we've got some games that we need to have. So, you know, upcoming oh, Munchkin Lord. Land games that will feature in video will be uh, X-Wing, uh, Cthulhu Wars, which will be Brad... Uh, Rob and I, then we've got Dice Masters, mm-hmm. and then probably one of the legendary games or something that'll pop up there, too, so. Oh, my. Yeah. You have to use rulers and stuff for that X-Wing. This one, yeah, it comes with little pre-measured oh, things, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems complicated. It It's not, actually. Uh, the only okay. thing that's complicated is making sure you don't crash into anything. That would be a problem in space, crashing into stuff. Well, you can't crash into other ships. You don't want to crash into your other ships because it takes away your actions. Sure. You don't want to crash into asteroids. No. Those kinds of things. And depending on how you set up your 
miniatures and use the measurings, yeah. you could easily run into somebody if and you this don't game, measure just right. It, you, it's a game of millimeters, literally. Can you see, like, oh, man, asteroid coming. You shoot it, no, and you have that really awesome thing where you come through the explosion. No, like, it doesn't. It doesn't have anything like that, unfortunately. No, no, mm-hmm. because I, you know, it's got these these fixed um, obstacles that you have to use to maneuver, and it helps whenever you're fighting. You know, if you're an X-wing fighter and you're fighting the Tie fighters, it gives you maneuverability and and ways to block fire and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So interesting. Yeah, it's it's really an interesting game. Uh, the the Mason and I have been watching a lot of the. Um, tournaments over the last couple of nights to mm. just kind of get a feel for how the game is played mm-hmm. and it can take a long time for some of those sure. so uh those are all coming up on munchkin land one of the many fine podcasts in the major spoilers podcast network speaking of space the final frontier this was announced at wondercon this past weekend um Couple of things announced at WonderCon this weekend. The first from IDW Publishing, Star Trek and Green Lantern crossover this July. This week is uh, the final issue of Star Trek meets Planet of the Apes or Star Trek Planet of the Apes. Uh, number five comes out, um, today, like I said, or this week. And then in July, we get Star Trek Green Lantern, The Spectrum War, a six part monthly miniseries that will be written by Mike Johnson with interior art by, uh, Angel Hernandez. And a bunch of covers, lots of uh, well-known people doing the covers on that. Uh, let's see, how's the, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, fans can watch their favorite USS Enterprise crew members meet Hal Jordan and the entire Green Lantern Corps in, adventure that, in an adventure that spans space, time, and all the colors of the spectrum. <laughs> Set in Star Trek's 23rd century... The balance of the universe will be tested when the Green Lantern Corps power rings come into the possession of certain Star Trek characters while a dark and powerful evil looms around every corner. Only the combined power of the Green Lantern Corps and the Federation stand any chance of stopping those who worship evil's might. Okay. What's the, uh, or- what's the, what's the green Green Lantern character's name? What's her name? The green Green Lantern. Yeah, isn't, isn't there a, a female alien that's a Green Lantern? Well, there's a number of them. I don't know of one who's green necessarily. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say that's who Kirk will hook up with. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I want to see? What? Leonard McCoy wearing the Red Ring of Rage. I don't know. I don't know. Who do you you think? Green-blooded hops. So so do you think then that uh, it says to certain characters. Now, it doesn't mean that, I mean, every color of the rainbow would be represented, but I'm going to guess that you're going to see... Like uh, the Romulans would have a yellow ring. The Klingons would have a red ring. Someone like Spock might be the blue ring. Shatner or uh, Kirk would probably be the, the green ring. Well, who's, who's the who's the guy Ooh, on maybe, this cover with the yellow ring? What kind of alien? That's a that? Klingon. That he looks like the. Uh, in there. Yeah, that looks to be the guy from uh, Star Trek Two. Uh, yeah, the Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan. Yeah. You don't want to give me the Genesis device. Okie doke. That's the guy from Star Trek VI. Oh, okay. Yeah. But interestingly, this is very clearly the uh, J.J. Abrams Star Trek cast. Yeah, have they been doing that recently in the Star Trek comics? They do have in the Star Trek, the current ongoing series is the next generation, or not the next generation, the uh, Abrams version of the Star Trek characters. Ah, okay. Uh, So that's in the ongoing series. Now, they've had a number of crossover books over the last couple of years. Uh, We've already mentioned... uh, Planet of the Apes, they've done Legion of Superheroes, they did Doctor Who not too long ago. So Star Trek has almost crossed over with every possible franchise out there, except for Batman. Have they done Star Wars? Uh, they have not done Star Wars, and it would surprise me if they, they ever did. did a Star Wars meets Star Trek thing, because it would be 
first of all, somebody's either going to have to travel far into the future or someone's going to have to travel far into a past. Right. And have to your, travel your to a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, your Voyager is Voyager. Yeah. Yep. But Janeway I, gets no. caught in a dimensional rift and lands so, and, and borrows parts from Han Solo. See. So the problem is, though, when you go with the Star Trek property, you're going to have to go with something that people are going to recognize. So you're going to have to go with either the Abrams crew or the original series crew mm-hmm. or the next generation. If you start doing like a DS9 crossing over with because um, DS9, you could do that, too. Uh, but if you have DS9 crossing over with, um, I don't know, what's another Legion of Superheroes in DS9 would actually be pretty cool. Yeah, um, but or uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy and DS9 crossing over. It just makes- wouldn't it just wouldn't be as big a draw with the DS9 crew as it would be with the the Enterprise crew. Mm. Hey, uh, so and right now, uh, unfortunately, I think IDW only has Star Trek as the brand name. I don't think they have DS9 as a brand or any of those others. So mm, I don't know what I don't know what it would take for them to spin off those other comic book series. But. So what is the relationship in general with IDW and DC? Because they've I guess they've done Legion they've done of with these, us, yeah. and they've done now Green Lantern. Have they mm-hmm. done anything else? Oh, they've done a couple of other things. Uh, IDW reprints a lot of collections from Marvel and DC. Uh-huh. So you'll see the Walt Simonson uh, Thor omnibus comes. That's a Marvel book but idw publishes it um i think i think idw has done something similar with dc and so oh their batman strips mm-hmm. that they've the the collected versions of that so yeah they do a lot of those reprints and assume a lot of the risk on that so i'm sure that they have some pretty good deals worked out but yeah we have not seen star trek meets uh batman yet or ghostbusters meets batman that'd be actually pretty cool no Yes, it would. Ghostbusters no, meets it, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters meets Batman would break both of their realities. Yeah, it would. And, because well, Ghostbusters oh, and Green is about Lantern fans. and Star Trek doesn't bust a reality. That's correct. It doesn't. And the reason why <laughs> is because we have seen people more powerful than Hal Jordan on board the Enterprise yeah. from the very first episode. Yep. So don't argue with me. No. Wait, so how, but how, thing- how are they, they going to pull this off? Have they said because... No, is it just cross, I just read cross-dimensional stuff. Is that what's happening? No, I just I just read it to you. Set in Star Trek's twenty-third century, the balance of the universes will be tested when the Green Lantern Corps power rings come into the possession of certain Star Trek characters. Well, I know, but in, they're both uh, from in Earth. The Legion in the Legion of Superheroes one. Yeah, there was a weird. Um, yeah, I think some, it was a. I think it was a a, a time travel a time sphere uh, <laughs> for the Legion people, and it was right. a teleporter accident for the um, Star Trek yeah. people. I think wasn't it? I forget. Yeah. And when they did Star Trek Doctor Who, I think they just all of a sudden had the Borg and the Cybermen working together and mm-hmm. they just kind of walked right past it. It hand waved. There we go. This is one of those things where you don't question, Zach. And when they did the uh, Planet of the Apes one, it's, uh, they did go into a different universe. They did go through right. a wormhole into to a, a different, different universe. Right. Yeah. So don't question it. Just have fun with it. Are I'm you not, excited not, for this I'm or not? I'm not questioning it. I'm just saying, what are they going to do? Uh, am I excited for this? Uh, no, probably not. Mainly just because I don't have a draw to the Star Trek universe. Oh, yeah, that I probably right. should. But this is based your Star on Trek how universe. everyone. Yeah, but my Star Trek universe is I've watched one of those movies that I was forced to watch because of a podcast. I haven't <laughs> really sought out those films. And you fell in love with it. I actually did like the movie. I just uh, never had a burning desire to see the next one, even though it looked nice. No, it didn't. Uh, it looked it, was, it looked fun. 
Look, this fun is the first one. And um, <laughs> so I still don't have a for, you, for you, for you, the second one would probably be very good for anyone who's seen any of the original Star Trek movies. It would be very bad. It's still got a pretty good reception besides people being mad that they lied. Yeah. It's still got a nice rating. Yeah. It's a dumb movie. Well, there you big, go. Big, big dumb are you, movie. Are, with you, a, a, are you looking forward to Star Trek Green Lantern, Matthew? No. Why um, not? Well, first of all, I don't. I, I'm not a Green Lantern fan. The problem that you run into, and this is a terrible thing to say, and I apologize to everyone who loves Green Lantern. A lot of times, the Green Lantern fans are the people who want to pick fights with me. Uh, and this isn't the Star Trek that I know. You know, if it was Green Lantern DS9, or even if it was Green Lantern and somebody that looked like Shatner, the little piece of my head that goes, this is my Star Trek, burbity burbity, would be into it. Now, oh, am so I going to read this? Not, Probably. So you're just not uh, open to other interpretations? No, I, I was open to them mm. until they closed. This is the thing. I like the 2009 Star Trek movie. I thought that it was really interesting and they took some really impressive risks. And, of course, lens flare. But the thing that, you know, I, and I said this in 2004 or 2005, when they inv in, invented the emotional spectrum, it was a great idea that was going to completely overtake the Green Lantern universe. And mm -hmm, since then... Mm -hmm. It's been all emotional spectrum. And while yeah. that's fine, they're just rehashing things over and over and over. And now there's another giant guy who's going to come and unite all the emotional spectrum. So, But when it comes to this crossover now, um, I'll be interested to see how they pull it off. The actual mechanics of it interest me. And I'll probably, you know, at least check it out. You know, like the Star Trek Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Planet of the Apes. I can deal with Star Trek in many cases. So I, I looked at that to see, is it good? Could it surprise me? So I'm willing to give this a chance. It may be the greatest Green Lantern story ever. Man, if uh, Abrams Star Trek crossed over with Guardians of the Galaxy, there'd be a huge problem. Why? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see anything for all the lens flare. No, because um, people would be getting Gamora and Ohura confused because they're played by the same actress. Yeah, no, they just merged them into one woman called oh, Gamora. There you go. And she's got a goatee. <laughs> right. There's no, there's a time travel aspect and a transporter accident causes Gamora and Uhura to be swap places into Gahura. What if they, what if they just swap places? Nah, you'd get, oh, a cool, you'd get a cool Gamora Uhura story. Then you can throw in uh, the avatar and then you can have oh, Zoe yeah, Saldana yeah. In all the colors of the emotional spectrum. There you go. And then call it Green Lantern. Ah. So that comes out in July. Kind of looking forward to that. There were some cool uh, stories announced at uh, WonderCon this this past week. New toy things. Uh, a lot of cool Flash stuff. If you haven't uh, checked in on the website at Majorspoilers.com. Of course, that's the only website that we ever talk about. Uh, there is an article under the flashback category for um, the top ten announcements that were made uh, about the rest of the first season of Flash. And it's really kind of cool. There's some cool surprises coming up and some things that they greatly hinted upon that may point to some other things. But the biggest Have news they beaten that your abracadabra theory, not yet, not yet, still not yet. Um, but oh, one thing I will say, if you want kind of a spoiler into that article. No, I don't. La, 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 Matthew, la, 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 Matthew la, la. and I have been doing the flashback podcast uh, over at the members.majorspoilers.com uh, website. And we've been speculating, when will Mirror Master show up? Well, guess what? Mirror Master will not show up this season. He's going to be a season two villain. So that's kind of sad. Oh. 
let's see. Oh, so WonderCon at the very end when they were doing their WonderCon wrap up panel, mm-hmm. WonderCon announced that they would not be returning to Anaheim in 2016. Instead, they'd be taking WonderCon to the Los Angeles Convention Center, uh, which is pretty big space. And um, I don't know. Uh, the article that we have here says it would no longer be returning to Anaheim. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, they uh, the WonderCon people which is uh, Comic-Con International, the same people that do the San Diego Comic-Con, had said that the reason why they are moving to um, Los Angeles is because the, excuse me, the convention center in Anaheim is undergoing construction and they weren't going to have it done and available for Easter weekend next year. So they're like, okay, well, we'll just move over to Los Angeles. Mm. Now, the interesting thing does come into this aspect of will they ever return back to Anaheim? That's kind of interesting that um, that they'd be so quick to get out of Anaheim because with Marvel and Disney uh, all wrapped up together and it all being there in Anaheim, it would make sense that they'd want to make one of their biggest supporters uh, happy <laughs> by staying in Anaheim. But WonderCon used to be up in San Francisco and they left that convention center and moved down to Anaheim because of construction issues. Mm. And they've never been back to San Francisco. What? Yeah. Where's Anaheim well, even at? Anaheim is, it, is it, just south of Los Angeles. It's an hour south of Los Angeles. It's, it's just north of... Oh, it's really? It's just, just getting uh, north of... Um, San, oh, no, it's like... No, no, it's like north of Long Beach. It's inland, but it's uh, north of, of or, Long Beach. For north some reason, I was placing that up way north of Mm-mm. L.A. Nope, 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 south of L.A. All right. You know where Yorba Linda is? So it's not a huge move in in distance. No, it's not. It's, it's probably about a 25-mile move for them yeah. to move oh, over okay. to, to that. Because if you go from Disneyland it's down the I-5, bro, you take the I-5 to the I-75. No, not I-75. That's way over in <laughs> Atlanta. Sorry, it was it was a California. You, you take the PCH to the 105 to the 5 and then you're in. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> then you look at the mirror while the music plays. Okay, I'm good. I'm with you. I'm so uh, what do you think? Is this a good move for them or not? Well, more space doesn't seem like a bad thing. No, and it is a convention that's growing. Right. Where is is Anaheim or L.A. the place that you were saying that San Diego should move oh, to? Oh, I, no, I've always been saying for you years that, that San Diego should move to Vegas, and if not there, then to Anaheim. Anaheim, okay. Um, Because that that's the second, I believe that's the second largest convention space in the area. Mm. So moving up to Los Angeles is actually a smaller... Oh, uh, it is. Retreat for them. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I forgot that Anaheim has this huge space. But they're expanding even more. Apparently so, or they've got some construction going on. Now, San Diego Comic-Con uh, at the San Diego Convention Center, they're kind of in a weird situation because they can't get the approval to expand the convention center from the city because of some illegal taxing or something that was going on. Great. Uh, so... They may need to move, and Anaheim may look pretty fancy mm. if they could ever get their stuff together. So uh, we'll find out more uh, later in the year. Any thoughts on this move, Matthew? Um, well, I think the difference is in Anaheim, I'm not going to go, whereas in, in Los Angeles, I'm not going to go. So I, I think if it's something that works for them, fine. I'm not sure that it's going to have that. I mean – what is it? An hour? It's an hour's difference, depending. Well, part of the part of the problem, and it's been a long time since I was down down at the uh, convention center and the Staples Center and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, man, the last time I was down there, it was kind of scary to park your car on the side streets. 
So, you know, the convention's getting out late at night. I don't know if there's hotels that are closer to the Los Angeles Convention Center, if, if a lot of that has changed in the last 10, 12 years or not. Yeah. Uh, I understand that there's been a lot of gentrification of the downtown area, uh, especially around the convention center. So, um, you know, maybe that will give people something to do. I know that was one of the complaints at, at Anaheim was that there was nothing to do besides go over to Disneyland after the convention. Whereas, you know, down in uh, San Diego, you have the gas, uh, what is it, Gaslight District or Gaslamp District? Something like that. One of those two, uh, where you have food and eats and shopping and all that stuff just literally across the street from the convention center. So It's the Gaslighting District where they try to remind you that you had a good time. Yeah. Uh, finally, today. Oh, come on. That was funny. Uh, Rodrigo. We get, the first, we get the first image or the first teaser poster. For Ash versus the Evil Dead, coming now this fall to stars. Yeah, well, look who's in it. It's it's bringing back back uh, Bruce Campbell as uh, Ash Williams. Lucy Lawless pops in as Ruby, a mysterious figure who believes Ash is the cause of this evil outbreak. Jill Marie Jones from Sleepy Hollow as Amanda Fisher, a disgraced Michigan State trooper set to find our anti-hero Ash and prove his responsibility in the grisly murder of her partner. Um, and then we have Ray Santiago as, or Santiago as Pablo Simon Bolivar, an idealistic immigrant who becomes Ash's loyal sidekick and Dana De, De Lorenza, uh, as Kelly Maxwell, a moody wild child, uh, trying to outrun her past being directed. Uh, first episode is being directed by Sam Raimi, of course. Right. Uh, and then, uh, he wrote it with, uh, Ivan Raimi, his brother. And then it just, uh, goes on and on and on. I don't remember how many episodes this is. I want to say it's like 10 or 13 episodes. Oh, yeah. 10 episodes. 10 episodes for the first uh, season. A half-hour series. That's so that means cool. we're get, essentially we're getting a five-hour Evil Dead movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I have stars. Yeah, I'm good with that. That's the best part is I have stars. I know I have stars. Yeah. <laughs> you think stars is a place to do an Evil Dead show? Well, you know, they have that series Outlander, which is super, super popular right now. Mm. And Stars is kind of becoming a little bit of the AMC bit where they're they found a property Building that something. really works for them and they're starting to build it. And mm-hmm. people are starting to take notice of of this. So, yeah, I, I'm to be honest, I am really amazed at, you know, when Matthew and I grew up, if you flipped it over to TBS, you could either watch um, baseball, mm-hmm. uh, the Braves or whoever, or. Uh, you could watch WGN, which I think was the Cubs, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Weird syndicated so stuff. So you either you either watch those two shows or you watched reruns and horrible movies. And most of the cable channels growing up were really wastelands of nothing, right? Mm-hmm. 57 channels and nothing on. Back then, of course, you had MTV and VH1, which were playing music. But, and, you know, for and, us growing up, to me, cable always left a bad taste in my mouth because it's like, well, you've either got the premium stuff like the HBOs and the Showtimes, which may actually show stuff, or you've got these other channels which just make a bad attempt at syndication of uh, old shows, Gilligan's mm-hmm. Island and the such. So when AMC and when um, FX Network w- did with The Shield, uh, when you've got those kind of networks popping up, USA even with Burn Notice and yeah. doing a lot of these original programs that are actually really good, gives me hope that you know, people are out there paying attention. Mm-hmm. The hard part, though, is finding all that good content. Right. And stars. Because if you're not familiar like, with. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not familiar with stars, good luck finding. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like HBO. It is a pay channel. It's mm-hmm. a, it's one of the channels that you have to actually choose to add to your thing. And it costs. I think it costs me like five dollars a month to have stars. Mm-hmm. 
But when you have it, you have like six different stars networks, mm-hmm. and they're most of them are uh, pay channel things where you get like the first run movies or a lot of times second run movies. They've been playing he said she said a lot lately on stars for some reason. I don't know. Well, that's a good but, thing about the internet now is that we can all share what we've been watching. It's easier, right? To right. Jump right. on the conversations online yeah. to figure out what other people are jonesing for, and then you can get turned on to them. And there's so many ways. Just, I mean, HBO and Stars don't release stuff on Hulu and uh, iTunes, so at least uh, uh, episode Dead's by available. episode, it's an uh, that's Walking AMC. Dead on on um, iTunes. Uh, yeah, it is. That's AMC though. I'm oh, talking okay. about Stars, Stars, like, yeah. Stars and HBO packages. You have to add on specifically. Don't add on uh, to iTunes, so it's well, kind of hard to follow on. HBO obviously is making the play with HBO now. If, it's if you're out trying soon. to make the cut, HBO now dropped today. Oh, did it? It's on oh, the iTunes fourteen fourteen ninety nine a month. Is it really? Yeah, for okay. the for the special. Uh, wouldn't I thought there was a star something on the iTunes? Maybe I'm I'm mistaken. But um, yeah, so HBO now dropped, which is a good thing. Is it on your Apple TV? It's on my Apple TV. Oh, okay. I saw it. I, I, I saw somebody tweet it this afternoon or this morning. And when I sat down to watch uh, Better Call Saul, the final episode of season one, mm-hmm. I saw that it was there and I was like, ooh, cool. And then I had to go sign up and I was like, ah, maybe I'll sign up later. Yeah. So they got some special deal going on, fourteen ninety nine. Cool, cool, cool. And if you haven't seen Better Call Saul, Holy crap, man. Yeah, it's time for me to buy the season now that it's out. It is. Well, the season's over, unfortunately. Yeah, Ten I'll episodes. Oh, I man. Other and, things to watch. And it just, it just ended at a spot where it's like, well, I know where this guy's going, but I don't know what's happening next. Uh-huh. It is just really good. But I guess later in 2015, later in the year, season two will kick off, and it's 13 episodes for it. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. What's the uh, exciting little show that you're watching, Matthew? On what? On whatever. What series show are you most excited about right now? Uh, well, I've still got a whole season of Constantine on my DVR that I need to finish watching. <laughs> they will. Um, the decision on whether that gets a season two comes up into this month, first of May, something like that. They'll make the mm. announcement on what's going on with Constantine. Uh, it will either stay on NBC or it'll move over to Sci-Fi Channel. Is my guess. My guess it's moving to Sci-Fi. Probably. And, you know, uh, Matthew, you and I were talking last week about Flash and how um, one of the nice things about the Sci-Fi Channel was that you could watch the same episode multiple times. Maybe it wasn't us talking. Maybe I was doing that on Finally Friday or something. Somebody I was talking with was talking about how great Sci-Fi was Mm -hmm. because you could run the same episode like five times over the course of a weekend and hit all your demographics of the different times Mm -hmm. that they're watching it. That could really do big things for uh, Constantine if it was over at Sci-Fi Channel, and they did that. You know, it plays Friday night for those people that are right. home Friday night, plays Saturday morning, plays late right. Saturday afternoon, plays Saturday Ultimate night, play. yeah. then plays Sunday afternoon. I think that'd yeah. be great. I think that would be a really good idea. I think it might actually serve, especially, you know, the o- overarching narrative part of it that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I, I thought about watching Better Call Saul, but right now my wife and kid are watching um, The Blacklist, with oh, yeah, uh, yeah. James Spader. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of enjoying that, but it's, it's leaving me kind of burned out. And my wife, of course, is still trying to catch up on this season of Walking Dead. So, Well, if you, if you get a chance, watch Better Call Saul because it is really good. I mean, I don't think you – well, it is a prequel, but you don't need to know what happened in Breaking Bad to, <laughs> um, to enjoy this story. Uh, the thing about Breaking Bad is I know all about Breaking Bad by osmosis, even though I've never seen it. So I, I'm sure that whatever I need to know about Better Call Saul through osmosis. The, the only thing you need to know is that the 
two uh, main recurring characters are two of the characters that show up in uh, Breaking Bad, but their whole character development is happens. leading you to what happens in uh-huh. uh, Breaking Bad. So it's it's nothing that is going to spoil anything or ruin anything for you. And I think, honestly, if you're looking for something that I, I just think it's a good show and and the and uh, Odenkirk's character is so tragic. You know, okay. He comes off as such a bag of <laughs> fill in the blanks mm-hmm. on Breaking Bad. But here you really feel sorry for the guy. I mean, I'm sitting there going, my God, why is he? Being crapped on left and right, no wonder he ends up going bad or, you know, not going bad, but not being totally breaking legitimate. bad. He's yeah. breaking bad. Nope, not there. See, Zach, anything that you're watching? Uh, well, anything. I just finished that you wouldn't up, recommend? I just finished up season three of House of Cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that good? Weekend. Uh, yeah, if you've been following House of Cards, it was, I mean, you know where Frank ended up, started mm-hmm. season three. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting to see what they were going to do with the character who had nowhere else to go up, but had to sustain. And and what they did with the characters this season was really amazing. They kind of drew out a lot of stories and uh, filled in a lot of character development with yeah, people yeah. who kind of got pushed to the side, which yeah. is a big point of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it. Some people were sour on it online. I think they're wrong, but they can have their opinions. And I thought season three was amazing. And they just announced season four Excellent. last week. And that's uh, already being shot in 4K, right? Are they streaming it in 4K? I actually think they did it in six. Oh, in 6K? I think they filmed in... Maybe I'm, I might be wrong. You, but I think they at least did, right. I think they at least did it in four and then, yeah. and then did it in two. There may be a, an 8K <laughs> iMac coming out. Uh, I saw that. And, I, <laughs> and Canon's supposed to be putting out a... Uh, a yeah. new canon yeah, yeah. next week. The, that's the one I'm interested in because I want to see what price points are. So Zach yeah. won't be here next week because he's going to the National Association of Broadcasters Convention in Las Vegas for the uh, company that he works with. And uh, I am interested to see what their new um, their new cameras are. I want to see what the yeah. replacement for the C100 is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to see what their new replacement for the C300 is. And I'd be interested if they did anything with um, the 5D. Mm, yeah. The C3PO, I think they're replacing that. Too. Oh, Star Wars dropping hey. this Friday in digital in HD. Uh, now, of course, I've got it on VHS. I've got it on DVD. I've mm-hmm. got it in Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Question is, do I buy that ticket once again and <laughs> buy it in digital? I think it's 60 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> you have to buy them all individually. I, didn't, I, I didn't see a bundle of them on iTunes. I just saw them listed individually, each for $20. I bet there's a bundle somewhere over there. Yeah, there hopefully there is. But yeah, 60 bucks, I think, is what somebody said for the whole thing. Although, if it's 20 bucks a 20 piece, bucks that's a like pop. 80 bucks. Yeah. Wow. You really ready to drop uh, 80 bucks, Zach? No, I'm not buying them digitally. Why not? Because I'm, I'm... You can take them anywhere you want to go. Like I when have... you're on your plane, you and your wife no. can sit there and you can watch the entire Star Wars saga from beginning <laughs> to end. In that in that hour flight, two hour flight from Denver yeah, to well, Vegas. Oh, aren't you? Are you flying out of Hayes? No. Oh, okay. Um, No, I'm not going to be dropping the Well, what are you going to be digital? doing in your hotel room at the end of the day? You I don't gotta, know. You got to do something, I have a right? Whole, I have a whole library of movies. Uh, my plan for at nights during NAB is to buy a giant drink and just walk on the strip and just look at people. Oh yeah, go do. Uh, is Margaritaville still there? I wonder. I don't know. I'm just gonna get one of those giant guitar strapped on ones that I saw last time. You, they give you a strap and you give it a guitar and it's all filled with alcohol and they just give you a straw. I thought that'd be pretty fun. Matthew, in, you interested in this uh, digital uh, <laughs> digital uh, Star Wars? I still have my VHS copies. 
Yeah, I have my VHS copies too, and it's the original untouched. Yeah, uh, those are coming out. Let's yeah. be honest, they're coming. We we <laughs> have our Blu-rays. Rumor, right? We have our Blu-rays. We're fine. We don't need a digital. Oh. If I, I mean, if I really want it digitally, I can just. Rip, yeah, rip my it. Blu-rays. Do you have something that'll rip off your Blu-rays? Because no, I don't. I don't. The only thing that I have on the Mac is Handbrake. Yeah. And that's only for illegal backups. I don't even, know how, to, I don't even know how to read my Blu-rays. You can't. Your iMac, your yeah, iMac first of all, doesn't have it. Have and, your super, and your super drive is in a Blu-ray drive. Yeah. So you're kind of screwed that way. Well, I haven't even watched all of them on Blu-ray yet. I got them whenever they came out for Christmas. I haven't. I think I've watched two of them on Blu-ray. So. Mm. Have you actually seen all three of the original Star Wars movies? Oh yeah, multiple times. Hey, I had, I, my, four, we he's had, talking about four, five, and six. Oh yeah, one, yeah, two, yeah. Three. We okay. had the VHS copies when I was young. Yeah, and that like uh, triple set. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Triple sec. Make sure you drink plenty. Oh of that. yeah, yeah, drink yeah, yeah. Triple sec. Triple no doubt. Sec. Uh, the other thing that happens this Friday, April tenth, Daredevil drops on Netflix. I didn't even realize it came up. So All quick. the episodes land at That's once. That's what I'll do in my hotel. So next week. On the Major Spoilers podcast, we will talk about as much of the Daredevil that we have seen. And then we've got a special guest coming in next week, too, that I'm keeping oh. hush-hush. So uh, interview next week on the Major Spoilers podcast. But the first half, it is we will be doing some Daredevil stuff. Daredevil in costume. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Studio. Daredevil in costume, in studio. Hopefully the funny he doesn't thing bump is, into it's anything. just Rodrigo in a red mask. There you go. Um, but are you guys excited about like Daredevil? Yes, I am excited, which... Uh, I don't even know why, because it visually it kind of seems like Arrow and stuff. Mm. But I just, uh, you know, I haven't lots of, watched lots of violence. I haven't watched anything bad come off of Netflix originals yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything I've watched from them has been good. I think there's been some. Now, don't hold me to that. There's a lot of next Netflix original stuff that I haven't watched. Yeah, yeah. Like Hemlock Grove and some other oh, yeah, stuff. I, I don't that. think it didn't. People have said it's really I, bad. Yeah, I skimmed through like an episode once. Uh, but this has got good reviews. Yes. It has the power of Marvel behind yes. it. Yes. They're not going to uh, degrade oh, their no, no, brand no. at all. No, They're going to huh. put uh, high quality stuff out. So, uh, yeah. It looks I, I just I just know that Friday is going to be so hard. I think so Thursday night, Matthew and I have to record um, dueling reviews. And then right after that, I'm doing the interview with our special guest for next week, mm-hmm. which means that by the time all that's done, it may be 1201. And hopefully and I may stay up. Well, it's going up at midnight, midnight, is it, is, is midnight it? release. Oh, so nice. I may just stay up until three or four in the morning watching the first couple of episodes <laughs> of Daredevil and then try to watch the rest throughout the weekend. Now, uh, this weekend we have, well, my kids got a bunch of stuff on Saturday. Then on Sunday afternoon, we're doing the major spoilers, um, gold member VIP chat mm-hmm. where it's a live stream where you guys can call in and talk with us or chat to us or whatever it is that takes place. I believe three o'clock. Is that what I said? Two o'clock, two o'clock this Sunday. Uh, afternoon, so you'll want to join us for that for all of our Gold VIP members. Speaking of Gold VIPs, oh wait, Matthew, are you uh, yes. are you excited about the Daredevil? Eh, I can take it or leave it right now. Do you have the Netflix? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm theoretically excited, but I don't know that I'm going to be you know checking immediately on the drop off. I'm already leery of it. Well, part of it is the fact that I've already got people who are telling me it's the greatest thing ever. All I know is that they did that. They did that. Um, well, you just don't like to jump on anybody's bandwagon. I don't like it when people tell me something is the greatest thing ever, and I have to watch it because that that fills me with fear. Because many times when that happens, and I go and I watch it, and I'm like, I'm. They did that premiere. I'm okay. They did that premiere uh, in Hollywood last week. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was like the first two or three episodes that they played for the mm. big premiere. And that's when the reviews started rolling out. And I have not seen a single super negative review. Now, I've seen people make some complaints here and there. Mm-hmm. But nothing that scares me in this in this series. That's cool. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that. So we'll talk about that next week on the Major Spoilers podcast. Our reactions to that. Uh, Ashley Victoria Robinson, over the course of the next month, will review all 10 episodes. Ah, and have them up on the Major Spoilers website. So uh, be uh, heading over there quite a bit. This is going to be a busy month for us. So we've got all the Daredevil episodes to do. Mm-hmm. Convergence month kicks off today, tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. Last month. Hello, future people. <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, we've got uh, we've got all of our other creative stuff. Flash and uh, Legos and mm-hmm. Zach plays and all that stuff. You can find that over at Majorspoilers.com. Really quick, real quick, I want to say if you like what we do here at Majorspoilers.com and you want to see us continue to do all the great things that we do, or if you think that we're doing great things at Major Spoilers, I think we do good things. I'm not sure I would say that we do awesome, great things. I will uh, let other people say that for us. But if you like what we do at Majorspoilers.com and you want to see us continue to do that stuff, uh, I would encourage you, please, 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 to help us out and point your browser to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up to become a Major Spoilers VIP. Uh, we're not asking for a, ho- a whole lot of money, two, five, ten dollars a month. If you can afford that, if you can afford two issues of convergence, you could afford mm-hmm. a, t- a gold membership at, uh, at major spoilers. <laughs> and, you know, not only are you supporting this podcast, but you're supporting all the other podcasts that we do in the major spoilers podcast network. That includes dueling reviews that we mentioned early. Fi- finally, Friday, our live streaming show, Zach on film, uh, Munchkin land, um, top five. What am I missing? Major spoilers, um, critical hit, critical the hit. want list, critical hit, the big one, and uh, and of course um, Wayne's Comics podcast and Geek History lesson, mm-hmm. all supported through that uh, with your support. But in addition to that, you're also ensuring that the website continues to run and function. We did move to a brand new server, and uh, server costs are much more expensive, about three times more expensive than they were over at our crappy uh, hosting provider, GoDaddy. I wouldn't recommend them. <laughs> um, so we do have to deal with those ongoing costs. But if you sign up to be a bronze, silver, or gold member, you get access to additional content that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else, including the Flashback podcast that I alluded to earlier. If you've been reading the Flashback articles over at Majorspoilers.com, you're getting part of the story. The other part of the story comes in that Matthew and I sit down and discuss (laughs) at length, oftentimes longer than the actual episode (laughs) itself. (laughs) About that is the danger where I'm involved. Yes, yes. About everything that happened in that week's episode. So you're getting a brand new podcast over there. Uh, if you like the Major Spoilers podcast and you're like, oh, man, I wish you guys would stream this podcast live so I could watch every Tuesday night. Guess what? What? Twelve hundred VIPs and we will stream this live every Tuesday evening. What? Do I have to yes. comb my hair? Oh, no, man. we'll just send this out as an audio stream. Okay, that'll work. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys want to uh, listen live and join into the chat room on that stuff, we need 1,200 VIPs. We are just over 400 VIPs away from that. And I know that between now and next week, there are enough of you listening who can go and sign up right now. Show us that you care. Show us that you really love us. Show us that you appreciate what we do and uh, get some extra content in, in addition. So members.majorspoilers.com. Didn't want to go on too long with that, but uh, we really could use your help, and we appreciate everyone who is already a Major Spoilers VIP. You guys are awesome. You know what that means? Uh, what does that mean? 
when we're done with the done, it's time for reviews. Yes, reviews. So I have never seen this TV show. I think it's on, what is it, on Fox? Fox, yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. I've never seen this show. I've been kind of wanting to watch it. I guess, what has it been on for, like, almost 10 years, five years, something like that? Uh, two seasons. Oh, is that all it's been on? I thought it was on yeah. much longer than that. No, I thought it was like, uh, this is the second season of Sleepy Hollow. If I'm oh, not okay. Sure. Well, so Boom Studios has... 10 years. <laughs> I know that that, uh, what's the one about the brother Supernatural? That one's been on for like 11 years. That one has been for on for a while. while. Yeah. So uh, Sleepy Hollow, one of those Supernatural uh, stories, uh, TV shows. This week, Sleepy Hollow Origins number one is released by uh, Mike Johnson and, how do you say that, Mateus uh, Bergara? Bergara? Um, Bergara? Yeah. And he's uh, that's the person doing the art. And what we're getting here is slices of what happened before the show start started or starts, I guess. And you should be able to know that from the title because it's called Sleepy Hollow Origins. So we're finding the origin of Ichabod Crane. We're finding the origin of Abigail. We're finding the uh, the origin of um, what's his name? Abraham. Yeah. So we start to see how these stories or all these characters' lives start to inter intertwine. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Sleepy Hollow. I know just enough about it to uh, kind of grasp what's going on in the book. But even then, I really like this book. I thought it was really good as far as an origin story goes. It gives you a little slight little bits and pieces here and there. And if you've never seen Sleepy Hollow, I think that you get enough to know exactly what's going on, and you know that this is leading to something big. You know that there are stories that are spanning uh, hundreds of years that are starting to intertwine. I liked it a lot. I think the art was really good. I thought layouts were really good. I thought colors were really good. I just really liked a lot of things about this. Now, the only thing I didn't like is that each little vignette that we get of the five characters uh, seemed a little bit choppy and too short because you're trying to cram five characters into a, what is it, a 28-page comic. Mm-hmm. something like that. And so everybody only gets like four or five uh, pages a piece, right? Is mm-hmm. that right? Five, 28? No, it's less than that. 28 divided by five would be four or five pages a piece. Mm-hmm. And that made it seem a little choppy. So I don't know what's going to happen in the next issue. I w- I'm interested in uh, in reading about it. I'm interested in seeing the TV show. I don't know. Is that a, any good of a TV show? have not watched it. All right. Well, someone out there will let us know. Sleepy Hollow Origins number one comes out this week from Boom Studios. I liked it enough to give it four slices of meatloaf or four chops of the hatchet. Ooh. Or four headless or four headless horsemen's. Nah, we can't. (laughs) Oh, speaking of uh, people are asking, where's Rodrigo this week? Uh, Rodrigo is doing his uh, his uh, PBS show. It was an hour long show this week, so he's not joining us this week. He's doing his day job. He's doing his night, night, his day job at night. Man, if only I could hire him full time. If only. Members.majorspoilers.com. If. Four out of five slices of meatloaf for Sleepy Hollow Origins number one. Matthew, what do you have this week? I got a comic book. Yes. That is a follow up to a comic book that I covered a couple of weeks ago. And I said when this, the comic book that I covered a couple of weeks ago came out, I said, I'm definitely checking in on this. And so yeah. this week from Action Lab Entertainment, Stray. Mm-hmm. Number three. Yeah. Which is the story of the former sidekick of a superhero called the Doberman, mm-hmm. which in my head, I like to say Doberman. He's Doberman. Uh, he used to be a teen sidekick called the Rottweiler, but now his father has been murdered and his life has gone completely off the rails. 
And so he's come back and put on a new costume to solve his father's murder as the Stray. Yeah, he is. And this issue is even better than last issue. Wow, good. Um, Yeah, we open with a flashback with kind of a, you know, a Justice League watchtower sequence. But what it turns out to be is Rottweiler, the kid's sidekick, Mm -hmm. explaining to one of his friends how he might have lost his cool and nearly killed a villain yeah. uh, out, of, out of rage. But as the issue progresses, we actually see that, aside from some emotional problems and some, you know, some issues with maturity, he's actually a pretty capable superhero. And he does some really thoughtful superhero work. He first of all, makes sure that all of these bystanders are out of the subway car before he you know wails in on the big supervillain and we find out a little bit more about the murder there's a couple of more clues Mm -hmm. there's a couple of new characters and one important thing do not call him roddy when you call him roddy he will hit you with his bone and that's not a euphemism his weapon is actually a a nunchaku that looks like a bone which interesting is actually i loved this book when i read issue two yeah, I went back and I got issue one. Mm-hmm. This is really good. This is kind of classic superhero work. This is something that could easily fit in a Marvel comic of the 80s or a DC comic of even the 60s. Oh, cool. But it has a very modern sensibility. The art is just amazing. Loving the art in Stray. I believe the art is by Sean Isaacsy or Isaacsay. Isaacs? I want to say Isaacsay. I want to say Isaacsay because hey, okay. that's cool. Uh, written by Vito Del Sante. Really good book. Three and a half slices of meatloaf Excellent. for Stray from Action Lab. Yeah, you like that. I highly recommend a lot. it. Yeah. yeah I yeah, do. You and like I, that a lot. We have a lot of guys with cat motifs. Why not a couple of guys with dog motifs? Sure, why I not? I mean, who, who has a dog motif? Dog dog pound? No. There's what's the, what's dog the dog welding guy? Dog welder. Uh, what's, what's that guy's <laughs> name? Isn't there somebody dog named, welder. isn't there some guy's name dog pound or something that's in the, the DC universe of Batman Nightwing villain? Oh, God, I don't know. I think so. That would be in the 90s. I didn't read that. Yeah, yeah, he would be like a late 90s, early 2000s guy. I want to say Hellhound. Yeah? I know there was a Hellhound. Well, for this show, we'll call him Heckhound. Sorry. (laughs) We'll call him Hellpup. Oh, no, wait. I did the wrong word. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Oh, right. right. Good book. Check it out. It's got a dog in it. Excellent. All right. Uh, Zach, you actually picked up a book that I'm very excited in reading this week. Are you? Yes. Is it out this week or was this out last week? It is out out this week. It's out this week. I have been looking forward to this. So does that mean you read Jupiter's Legacy? No, I did not. Oh, really? No. Fun fact, neither did I. Okay. Is that important in this or not? Um, I don't believe so. Okay. I picked up Jupiter's Circle number one for review on this week's show Mm -hmm. because I remember... Jupiter's Legacy I I, maybe coming I out a one. while ago. Maybe I read the first issue of that. And I knew uh, Mr. Mark Miller yes. is kind of hot right now. He had Chrononauts come out uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and that seemed uh, to get everyone fired up for comics, especially Hollywood. Uh, so I figured, hey, uh, he's got this thing coming out. Let's see what it is. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. I, I figured it was a, some sort of spinoff to mm-hmm. Jupiter's Legacy. It... Uh, is I believe it's a prequel of sorts diving into the side characters yes. mentioned in Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, if you aren't aware of that, 
not a big issue, I think, coming in the Jupiter's Circle. I think you could easily pick up this book without having to read uh, the main source, mainly because I read it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, we are introduced to a superhero named The Blue Bolt, oh. set in 1959. The book actually starts out looking at this museum where all of these superheroes of the past have their costumes, and it is a museum, and they're, oh, look, they were here to serve humanity until their final breath. Yeah. I don't know if that's some kind of a hint of what happened in Legacy, but there it is. Uh, so we're introduced to Blue Bolt, who is a part of of this superhero fighting gang, something we're familiar with in comics, and we just dive into his story, uh, which I think we'll get into other people's in later issues. This whole story is about Blue Bolt's uh, dealing with his homosexuality Mm -hmm. and keeping it a secret. Mm -hmm. And that is the thing that I find most interesting about this book, and they talk about it, is how devastating it is for this person to not have to have one secret identity, but two secret identities because right. he has to be himself, be Blue Bolt, and then hide from everyone else, including all of his friends, that he is gay because he doesn't want everything to unravel because uh, it's the 50s. Uh, so it's really interesting to see the dynamic of the people who do know mm-hmm. uh, about his preferences and how he has getting set up with guys through uh, a man who works at a, who owns a gas station which's not really a gas station it's all about uh helping helping closeted people hook up mm, yeah. uh so that that aspect is interesting to me uh i really hope that this issue or this character's story arc mm-hmm. continues in Jupiter Circle i don't know if that's the case and i don't know if we see anything like this in Jupiter's legacy but I do know one thing, that uh, after reading this one issue of a prequel comic series, I have to read more. And I don't think that happens very often uh, when you're shooting off stories. Yeah. Uh, but I'm totally digging this. I actually, uh, before I read it, I just flipped through a couple pages like the, uh, to see what the art was like. Mm-hmm. And the art is done by uh, Wilfredo Torres. Uh, I really... Really like his style. Really like the coloring going on from the colorist. Uh, I've, oh, Sforcenia. Uh, probably messed that up. Uh, really, just really good art. The only thing I had a problem with art-wise, and it was so strange because I, I, it was in the second page of the book, and I thought, oh, no, let's not do this the rest of the book. Otherwise, I'm not going to be yeah. interested at all. Uh, it was this panel of like a double-take with people in a diner, mm-hmm. something happens outside, like, oh no, what's happening? And you see them in the first panel, and in the second panel, their facial features have gone to uh, uh, shock, but there's also a slight, uh, like, repasting of the, in like oh, a yeah, drop yeah, the opacity yeah. to mm-hmm. show a slight movement. Right. But it was done in a way where it looked like you took off your 3D glasses in the middle of a movie where everything yeah, yeah, yeah. Looked looks all fuzzy. Funky. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, even though there is action in the rest of the book in certain spots, that effect is not used at all. Good. The rest of the thing. Because if it would have been, I wouldn't have been very put off by the art. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not the case, though. Very good art. Very good story. 
I'm giving this four slices of meatloaf. I have to check out more. Excellent. Very cool. Thank you for that, Zach. And, of course, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com for even more, even more uh, reviews and news and information and everything going on in the comic book and pop culture industry. Okay. Uh, oh, reviews are done. Hey, we've got a question, or I've got a question. What is it? Uh, What's this, that? This week, it was a very interesting week for sports, right? You had Major League Baseball just started. It did. Had its opening Kicked day. Kicked off yesterday. Kicked off yesterday. That's right. College basketball wrapped up the other night with uh, Duke uh, winning that. It did. Uh, high schools are already deep into their track and field yep. activities. Wrestling, I think, is done. Wrestling right? is done. Uh, soccer has just started up for my young kids, so they're going yep. and doing soccer between and now MLS and the MLS really just... Oh, yeah, MLS just to. kicked off not too long ago, too. Yep. And, um, you know, we all like our sports, whatever sport that we like, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit more than others. But I think that there's this idea of perceived popularity. You know, we all think that this one is more popular than the other. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe that's not the case. Well, I mean, there is a sport titled America's Pastime. Right. Like there's an entire right. sport See, where yeah. they label as a pastime of America. Yeah, exactly. So I was wondering, you know, of the sports that are out there. And I'm just using U.S. sports, North American sports, and I just picked like the 10, um, what I believe to be the 10 most popular, perceived most popular, and gave yeah. you that list of of uh, choices. And I'm asking you, which one is the uh, most popular sport in the United States? And the reason I had to say United States of America is because by far, soccer would be, or football, mm-hmm. uh, as the rest of the world knows, it would be the biggest sport yeah, uh, most popular sport. If I didn't put that qualifier on here, so here we have it, Matthew: baseball, American football, soccer, or football to everyone else in the world. Ice hockey, bas- uh, basketball, tennis, golf, wrestling, motorsports, and martial arts. Which one do you think is the most popular in the USA? Ah, uh, well, I will preface this by saying I haven't the slightest idea, but well, I you probably have think- a good idea because of, um. You know, ads, um, activities, sports sections in newspapers, even if you don't understand how the sports are played or don't pay attention to a particular team, you probably even as a uh, non quote unquote non sports person, you probably have an idea of which one is more popular in your opinion. I really don't. And here's why I live in Kansas and in Kansas, we have a sort of kind of OK baseball team. They went to the World Series last a- year. Uh, yeah, a fair to Midland football team. And the problem is, I think and voted that I believe American football is most popular in the United States. But I think in Kansas, because of the Royals, baseball is more popular in the baseball kickoff mm. this year. It's been a big deal. A lot of people back on the Royals bandwagon and really happy to see, you know, the Royals doing their thing and actually being awesome. So interesting. I wanted to say wrestling because I like wrestling. Well, you could have said wrestling. Interestingly, I don't think it's most both of those sports not located in Kansas. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. It's weird when you talk about Kansas them. has no. We, they have they have sporting. And oh, that's, sporting KC. Yeah, the yeah. Only pro, that's the only. Pro I mean, the team Royals that's, and the Chiefs are a stone's throw from the state line, yes. but technically they are in Missouri, Missouri. Yes, Missouri teams. So yeah, there you go. Zach, did you have an opinion on this? Yeah, it says Kansas right there on their hat. Yeah, it's weird. Well, it says Kansas City. Yeah. You which would is think, split between both sides of the river. Yeah. So. Um, this is an interesting thing because 
it, it kind of goes what you want to go off popularity. Mm-hmm. Attendance-wise, I would be interested to see where baseball racks up against football because baseball, you have 172 games uh, in the year. So attendance, presumably, is skyrocket over football. Yeah. But most football stadiums hold 80 mm-hmm. to 110,000 people, mm-hmm. and they sell out every weekend for uh, 17 weekends. Yep. And then you throw in college football, who again have stadiums of 50 to 110,000. That's every Saturday for multiple weekends. Uh, so football, I think, is probably the the most popular in the United States. Ba- baseball is America's pastime, quote-unquote, um, however you want to judge that by. Now, interesting, NASCAR yes. is incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it gets as much coverage as football and baseball for the most part. Yeah. Mainly because uh, <laughs> sports purists they, will they say that's a not a sport. Right. Much like they will say golf isn't a sport. And I say right. to you, shame on you for trying to decide what is a sport and what is not. Right. Uh, but NASCAR is incredibly it's popular. It's incredibly popular. Uh, those stadiums are ginormous. Yep. And it, it blows my mind how big they are. And that's hundreds of thousands of people at those. Yep. But again, there's just not as many throughout the course of a year. Mm-hmm. But I still think, uh, by and large, football would be the most popular sport in America. I would go with you on that. American football is what I picked as perceived as the most popular sport. Yeah. In in America. Uh, but I would think that baseball, they've got, what, a million games that they play in a yeah, season. 172. Yeah. And football is playing, season. what, 20-something? Uh, I think NFL is 17. 17 games. I, and then I think postseason, if that, that's something that's included in 17. Yeah. So you've got quite a lot more There's baseball so much games baseball. To to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's just odd that, you know, maybe because it is so limited that so many more people want to go see their team play as opposed to, hey, you can go see the Royals play on Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, mm-hmm. Saturday night, Sunday. And it's like, well, I can go see the Royals anytime. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Or I can go see uh, the Rockies play anytime mm-hmm. because they're always there. Right. I mean, my kid's daycare gives away tickets to the Royals like all the time. <laughs> It's just like here, here's a here's a family of four tickets to get in. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, thank you. Yep, we're not going to go. But um, all right, Matthew. So how did everybody else vote? What did they What did they perceive to be America's greatest, most popular sport? Shouldn't have said greatest, well, they, most popular. Yeah, you kind of should have. But that's the thing. American football is leading with seventy four percent of the votes, followed by ten percent baseball. Uh, 6% basketball and 2 and 3% for just about everything else. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, motorsports, NASCAR, zero votes. Interesting. Uh, golf also has zero votes. <laughs> All, as also, also interesting, martial arts, 2%. That's the Yeah, if you, you look at UFC and well, MMA. Yeah, yeah. I was oh, like UFC I, and oh, MMA yeah, are really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You've, I mean, you've got, I would say that they're probably on a par with professional golf or hockey. Yep, in a lot of these areas, oh, MMA sells. Yeah, absolutely. And then, really, uh, wrestling you have to kind of codify as wrestling the sport and not WWE. Not that what they do is any less impressive, I guess, is what we would probably go because WWE, as an entertainment business, is yeah. I, but I can't they're not imagine the how much nope. money they pull in. There's also there's Ring of Honor, there's Total Nonstop Action. Sure, there are there are half a dozen professional wrestling companies out there. Yeah, 
um, you know, you figure you can you can probably get twenty, thirty thousand people in a really big arena on, on a WWE thing. Yeah. They'll claim ninety three thousand one hundred six, but it's around seventy grand on a really, really big thing. They just had WrestleMania. Right. That was well, well that was huge, week. wasn't it? Wasn't the wasn't, yeah. what was the big controversy with that? Someone won that people didn't want, <laughs> I believe is what happened. Well, right? it was uh, they they have a, a Deus Ex Machina called the Money in the Bank. And they set up a big championship match between the evil Brock Lesnar and the new uh, fresh face, Roman Reigns. And the crowd isn't really behind Roman Reigns because it's clear that he's being the corporate groomed champion and people want to be contrary. So, you know who won the battle between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar? I do not know. Seth Rollins. Mm. Whoa. Because Seth Rollins came in and cashed in his immediate money in the bank briefcase thing. And pinned somebody in a match and won the world title of a match that he wasn't in. So, yeah, I can see that's probably part of it. Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. thing. It's happened a number of times. That's how CM Punk and Edge became world champion a couple of times. I don't follow wrestling, but when I watched Max Landis is uh, wrestling isn't <laughs> yeah, wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that made it seem way more interesting than I've ever been presented to me. It's it's one of those things where if you really kind of get a feel for the storytelling that they do, it can be fascinating. But you do have to suspend your disbelief. And in some cases, it it's something that if you aren't going to buy it, if you don't want to appreciate it, there's no amount of explanation that's going to make you love it. Hmm. So, you know, I would say yeah. you can check it out if you don't like it. You don't like it. And that's yeah. cool. I'm not I'm not a big fan of wrestling, but I do enjoy a lot of the stories and stuff. I did finally see The Wrestler. Uh, that was a good movie. Oh, yeah. But uh, what's his name? That's the comic book uh, guy, Matthew, not uh, not CM Punk. Um, hmm. The one that I told you about the interview on uh, Marin not too long ago. Uh, the comic book guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a wrestler and he's a uh, comic book. Or I is think he writes the comics. Hmm. Well, I know Punk I say is like Floyd. Thor. What is it, Floyd or something? I forget what his name I is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Guess what comic does he write? I don't know. I think he. I don't. I don't remember. Pink. Um, <laughs> Would it be Foley? Mick Foley? Yeah, Mick Foley. That's who it is. Mick's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's the one. He did a great interview on the Marin Show not too long ago, mm. and he's got some great, awesome stories. So I was like, holy cow, that's that's some really interesting stuff. I have a greater appreciation of um, of uh, of wrestling, even though I may not be a fan of it. But I have a greater appreciation for it. So, yeah. And the thing the thing about Mick is that Mick got over because of his communication skills with the audience, mm-hmm. because, you know, much like Dusty Rhodes, he's he's a tall man, but he's not, you know, a big muscular guy. And nobody ever thought he would be a main eventer. Yeah. But he made himself popular with these weird interviews and by wearing a mask for a while. His catchphrase was have a nice day. Mm hmm. Which is like the best thing ever. This was during the era when everybody was spouting curse words and kicking each other. And his thing was, have a nice day. That's how, that's how he came across. And that's how he positioned himself was his speaking skills and his ability to tell a story in the ring and, you know, around the ring. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised he's a great interview. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. It's worth checking out, Matthew. I would encourage you to go, go check that out. Okay. Okay, what else? What do we got here? Oh, we've got uh, some comments from listeners as we wrap up the show. Listener uh, fan. We love our listeners. Oh, I guess I should mention uh, tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com sponsoring this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. I know a lot of you are looking for good uh, in-ear audio devices. I am. And Tweaked Audio has that. 
A lot of different styles, a lot of different colors. I still say go with the microphone. These things are engineered for durability. They have a new uh, a noise reduction design that works out really great. Compatible with iPods, iPhones, Android devices, all MP3 players, iPads. If it's got a if it's got a plug in for your for your uh, for your audio things, it'll work with them. Here's the nice. best part. Head over to tweakedaudio.com, enter the checkout code MAJOR, and you're going to get 33% off your price. That's at tweakedaudio.com. We thank them for their support. Uh, dear Major Spoilers crew, if you take suggestions for trades to review on the Major Spoilers podcast, I have a couple. I love the character of the question and all of his incarnations, so I'd love for you guys to review something with him in it. There's a great mm-hmm. series. Uh, what was the series in the 80s with the question? Yeah, uh, the question. Uh, Denny O'Neill yeah, and yeah, yeah, uh, Dennis Cowan. Yeah, that one was really good. I know you did the first uh, trade of 52 a few months back, and Zach made mention that he had no idea who the question was. Since 52 is, was a continuation of the 80s version of the character, I would like to suggest the question Zen and Violence, which collects the first six issues of the Denny O'Neill 80s run. Oh, that's one I'm just talking that's about. That's the one we were talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also, think we should put it on the list. That's some, that's yeah, some good yeah. comics. Also on June 10th, a trade paperback of the Rick Veitch, uh, Veitch run uh, of the question is coming out. It's called The Question Falling in Pace. Uh, it has been a long time coming since it's a six issue mini series released about 10 years ago. I think I remember that one. Yeah, that's the one where he was uh, in Metropolis as this weird mystic uh, shaman of cities or something. It was it was pretty cool. But yeah, kind of a departure for the question. As we I know still it. like the question in Justice League, the animated series. Played by the, voiced, the voiced by voiced by what's his face? Um Jeffrey Coombs. <laughs> Jeffrey Coombs, yeah. yeah. The VH question is probably the closest to that in tone because it's weird and undergroundy. I would definitely say I'd be up for the O'Neill Cowan stuff because I'd like to hear Zach and Rodrigo's. Uh, yeah, 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 I'll look and see if, I, if we can't track it down. I'll see if it's on Comixology, whatnot. That may be something that we can uh, do uh, coming up in the, um, in the coming months. Uh, question from Damien. Uh, when is the next holiday tradition asterisk retro review coming? We seems to have missed a few holidays. Well, we actually haven't missed a few holidays. Uh, the only time that we do the retro reviews of the asterisk books is on Thanksgiving. And this past year, of course, we didn't have a site on Thanksgiving. So uh, that retro review, oh, it seemed right. like by the time it came back up in December, I was like, well, I'm not putting this review up now. It's well, well past the Thanksgiving. I've eaten my pumpkin pie and now need to go check in with uh, Asterix and Obelix and all those guys. <laughs> So, yeah, it's written. You'll just have to wait and see it next year. But, yeah, I was a little I busy think, this last last Thanksgiving. I think one year you did one on Easter. I'm almost sure. No, I didn't do one on Easter. I did a um, – you're thinking of Tintin because I started to do the Tintin uh, on another holiday. And I think that was on – I think that was on Christmas. But I, I'm just not a big f- – I mean, I like Tintin <laughs> and I like his adventures. But I just couldn't see myself going into a lot of those – um, stories, and I know that there's a lot of Tintin fans around the world, but man, some of them are so inappropriate as far as how certain characters are depicted and yeah, how they, they refer they to certain groups. They have not aged well from a political standpoint. No, and, and because of that, I just was like, man, I really can't get into that mm-hmm. for some reason. I just, and, I'm not saying I wouldn't get into it to review it for the site or anything. I just, there was little interest from me because I was like, man, I don't want to read Tintin in Africa. What, yeah. what country was the creator of that from? Belgium. 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 For some reason, I was going Sweden. No, that's um, very wrong. Well, that that that's cool. It's kind of you know similar. It's all Europe, uh, but <laughs> I don't actually believe that Europeans. Please don't come down on me. Some of my favorite spoiler rights are from Europe. The thing about Tintin that I've always discovered is he works better serialized. Yeah, I complain yeah, yeah. about some things you want to read in chunks. I want to read Tintin 
a little bit at a time, like I did in Boy's Life or whatever it was when I was a kid. I want to read Tintin two pages at a time mm-hmm. and then come back a week later, which is kind of a weird thing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so there's your answer uh, to that. Uh, let's see. Hello, I got into major spoilers of Critical Hit, so uh, so Zach is new to me and a great, <laughs> well, what? And a great addition, but new. I great, don't know. well, not How about addition, this? How about this? <laughs> My question to you is, as an 11-year-old, how do I get into comics? Well, first, please respond as you soon take as you out can. The this was from February. Be- there was a great, uh, there was a great uh, gimmick. I forget. Remember that little uh, magazine that we got in uh, in middle school or grade school as part of our monthly book orders? The Weekly Reader magazine? Not Weekly Reader, but it was something like that. But I remember they had a cover that was like a gimmick. It's like, you can walk through this cover. And then what you did is on mm-hmm. they showed you these cut lines on the inside front cover. And you took a pair of scissors and you cut along this line. And what it did was it created a single loop of the <laughs> cover that you could open up and step through. Nice. So that is how you get into comics. No, I'm not. I'm not sure what the question is as far as how do I get into comics as a profession? How do I get into comics as far as reading? I'm going to say reading as an 11 year old. I will tell you what I did when I was an 11 year old. To get into comics, I went and I bought comics and Mm -hmm. I didn't worry about whether I had a good jumping on point. Mm -hmm. I just bought a bunch of comics and I read some of them I liked and kept. Some of them I didn't like and I chucked, but the ones that I liked, I made a note of writers and the artists, and I started looking for other things by those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started looking for John Byrne, and I started looking for you know Jerry Ordway and and uh, what's his name who created Howard the Duck, Steve Gerber, and that's how I got into comics. And right now I have way too many comics. I've got like sixty thousand comics, and I need to sell a bunch, but. Uh, if you really want to get into comics, the best way to do it is to find something you love and just read the hell out of it. That's how Zach got into it, right? Yeah, when I first got into it, uh, I started when Flashpoint started, really. Uh, I read a lot of Flashpoint stuff, and so when there's an event going on, there is a hundred books coming out every month, it seems like, that you can read. While it's not the best place to get a feel for characters, mainly because wonky crap is going on. Yeah. Uh, Like Matthew said, it is a good place to get uh, hooked on writers and artists and see what's happening there and see if you like event comics. Maybe they're not for you. But when I first started reading for the first six months, I was reading an exponential amount more books than I am now. Mm -hmm. I was spending a lot more money on comics just because... There was so much stuff, and there was such, it's such a cool thing to get into something new, mm-hmm. and you're just like, trying to experience as much as the stuff as possible. And so many everyth- things you want to try. Yeah, and they're all so shiny and colorful on the outside. That helps. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like Matthew said, just kind of just go at it. I mean, Marvel and DC seem like a really good place to start just because they're these characters that are in the larger social conscious of pop culture in general, and you're going to see them in the theaters. And so you have more of a relationship to characters. And so that's a good place to do it. And then you get hooked on creators and you realize there are at all these other small companies doing crazy weird stuff that you want to read also. Right. And then, so you, then you look at all this other crazy weird stuff that's happening on that company and you find more, uh, creators and that's a way to do it. Sometimes you'll just be browsing. You'll find something weird and you'll buy a trade paperback and, 
uh, you'll be sitting down in a rabbit hole of reading you know, 40 issues of a comic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as, and, and again, we can't tell you what book to pick up and read because your tastes are going to be a lot different from ours. Uh, if, if your question is, how do I get into comics as a career or as a job or something like that? Well, the good thing is you're young. So what you should do if you want to be an artist, start drawing every day right now. If you want to be a writer, start writing every day right now. Uh, the other thing that uh, I forget who I heard the interview with, but they're basically like, listen, you're never going to just walk into Marvel or walk into D.C. and get a job with them. You're going to have to practice and do good things. And especially for writers, uh, you need to have done other things before you approach them. Now, that's may have been different, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, but today they want to see some kind of work that you've already created. So the more independent work you can do, the more work you can do for other smaller publishers, the greater your chances of working up into those those other places in the future. So uh, if that's what you're looking for, uh, I say start small and Grow, 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 grow. So with all this new uh, Spider-Man stuff going on in the MCU, says Nathan, I'm wanting to get back into comics. I want to read some Spidey stuff, but would like some suggestions. I used to read Amazing in the 90s, and it was good. I'd like to find something like a collection so I can read some in bulk. I'm not opposed to Miles Morales or any of the expanded verse, if that's good. Thank you for any advice. Um I would say go back and find the first volume of Dan Slott's run. Is that was Spider-Man, what, 100 or whatever that was? Uh, that was right before, what, that was big time, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, was that called. Was that is, um, gosh, like 300 or something. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I would start there. Yeah, that's some really good stuff. Am I right with numbering? Right, 600. Right around oh. 600, because 700 was the one with the Dr. Octopus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was 600. a 100-issue okay. run, that's right. So 600. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's some really good Spider-Man stuff. And the thing about starting with Slot is, from the moment that he stepped in writing, he was building all the way up to the 700 and beyond. Mm -hmm. So um, all the talk about what's happened to Spider-Man uh, with, um, uh, with the uh, Superior Spider-Man storyline without giving away any spoilers, although if you've listened to this show, we've probably spoiled it all for you already. But uh, he builds up everything through there, so I yeah, would look that's to that. Good. Yeah, I really like the Miles stuff as well, and there's not as much of it, so it wouldn't take you as long to get through. And with all the promo pieces, it seems like Miles is coming to main universe mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. getting to new characters, so mm -hmm. that's exciting. Uh, that's uh, Bendis who did Ultimate Spider-Man yes. from the beginning. Yes, that's a lot of good stuff there too. Yeah. If you get really bored and you want to go back, you should look up uh, Stern and Romita Jr. from 1984. Yeah, and if you really want to go back, go find this uh, one called Amazing Fantasy, number 15. Ooh. Don't read that. That's that's not a uh, Hey, spoilers. Hey, major spoilers, guys. I just finished listening to your podcast where, where you reviewed the arc of Alias featuring the Purple Man and wanted to write in and suggest issues 8 through 10 of Mark Wade's current Dare Daredevil run. It also deals with the Purple Man and is another really good and disturbing use of the character. Thanks for doing what you do. Uh, I forget who wrote that in. Sorry. Uh, if you wrote it in, I didn't get your name. Didn't put it in there. So there you go. Uh, yeah, uh, Mark Wade's Daredevil run. Really, really good. Uh, I read like the first five or six issues of that. So I didn't get all the way into this. But yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those things that. that's in my pile of stuff to read is all the rest of, of Wade's stuff. And then we've got even more Wade stuff coming up in, in the coming months when he... Uh, Starts writing Archie, Archie number one. I cannot March. wait for that. Archie. I, can, I am excited for that for Archie. whatever reason. I don't know why. 
I don't know if it's because they're going with a different art direction like they did with Francesco Francovia over at uh, Afterlife with Archie or if it's the writing team, uh, you know, Mark Wade writing this or what it is. But there's just something about that that I am really excited about. I am, too. I really want to see this. I, the thing that's really weird is that Archie has become so progressive and yes. has been putting out some really brave comics. Mm hmm. In terms of changing formats, changing genres. Yes. Doing things that uh, major comic book companies generally don't do. They are taking massive risks with an 80-year-old property, and they're doing really good stuff with it. Well, and they're doing it to – I mean, I know that they had – what is it? The Million Mother thing about about Kevin. Um, But, I mean, they have been slipping in a lot of super progressive stuff for years now. And it's just just become a regular common thing over there for that to happen. Whereas, hey, we're the big publishing company over here and we're introducing a brand new character that is fits this category that everyone's been asking. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Archie could just be sitting over there and going, we did that five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, they got pure heart to powerful. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, pure. But is that, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, I really don't know what they're going to be doing because um, the final issue of Archie 666, again, <laughs> talk about a company that is just like, hey, you know how good and wholesome we are? We're ending this with 666. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stick out their tongues, cue up the devil music. Um, but, you know, the, I think that they're I think that they're going to be doing some even greater things in the next five to six years. And I just can't wait to see. What they're doing. I mean, Sabrina returns. Uh, the Sabrina's Tales of Suspense uh, returns. Yes, yeah, uh, returns next week, I believe. And right. then we've got more um, zombies on the way or afterlife with Archie. And then we've got the new Archie number one kicking off. I want to say, when is that? May? God, I, I, that's what I want to say is May. I want to say May 2. Well, I don't know if it's May 2 because oh, May, May 2 well. would be um, what is May 2? I don't May know. 2 is a Sunday. It's free comic book day. No, yes. Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry. Saturday. May 2nd is free comic book day. Don't oh, forget maybe about it free. Is. Maybe it is. It wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me if they did do something like Mr. that. Mr. Smarty Pants always naysay. I wasn't naysaying you. You said. I said May 2. And you said, well, it's not May 2. Well, no, it's probably. Assistant. No, 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 no. They, they, they wouldn't release the number one issue on May 2nd. They would probably release it on May 6th. Because that is New Comic Book Day. They probably wouldn't release the first issue as a free issue, especially with so many people wanting to grab it and money to be made. That would be my argument right there. I'd say, I mean. Oh, and I should be, where are, I'm going to have to contact uh, Diamond tomorrow. Because I could have swore that we were going to get our copies of all the free Comic Book Day stuff this week or last week. Hmm. You should sue. I'm not going to sue them. What am I going to sue? We should complain. Well, I'll, I'll write her tomorrow if it doesn't show up in the mail. I know that I got a call from FedEx this morning that said, we have a package that's scheduled for delivery tomorrow. We just wanted to make sure that someone would be home or if not, da, 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 da. So who knows what that is? Mm. Oh, actually, I do know what it is. Yeah. We've been doing so much it's- video work uh, for our Major Spoilers video YouTube channel that I've got to expand our storage. Uh-oh. So it's a it's a new 15 terabyte storage array. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, you figure on average for all these videos that I do, mm-hmm. I don't know what, how much Zach is doing, but on average, just shooting all the time lapse, all the uh, stand up stuff, all the B-roll stuff, 
it's on average of about 500 gigabytes per video of of everything together mm-hmm. because we're shooting it in you know in 1080p mm-hmm. um uncompressed as much as we can all that stuff uh so yeah it eats up the hard drive space quick and i'm just one of those people that I want to save the footage because I don't know if yeah. at some point footage in the future, I don't know if some point in the future I'm going to need it. And of course, uh, this is an array that's um, arrayed array. So it has a redundancy in case yeah. a drive fails because too many times I've lost. I lost one time five years worth of work because of a hard drive <laughs> crash. Five years worth of stuff all stored away and then it's gone. So, yeah, now, now everything's still has a up. box in his basement of three quarter inch pneumatic. Nope. Just uh no, I got rid of all those. I was like, screw it. No one around here is having a Umatic uh system. I don't want Umatic. I'm not going to go out and buy a Umatic one because they're so expensive online because everybody's <laughs> scrambling for those. I said, yeah. sorry, these are all going in the trash. So everything from you know 1988 through 1997 gone. Oh no, I may have dumped some stuff off to Beta SP, but come on, where am I going to find a Beta SP? Yeah. It's not like you can walk down to the, the store on the side of the street and buy a Beta SP anymore. Exactly. I mean, come on. You at least have the Alpha 6 or something. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm Zach, having this no I'm having the same question with uh, the mini DVs. I mean, I've got the mini DV recorder and player. I mean, I can import it in if I need to, but it's like, when have I shot on any mini DV camera format yeah. in the last eight years when you made me all through college yes yes i did <laughs> and you're better off for it well that's because we didn't have digital slr no, we didn't have we didn't have anything i think back to the day I do now have you been down there no they get a lot of crap I had super vhs i had betamax and i had three quarter inch umatic all at once and i was running three different things and trying to put this stuff on the air and I just i i feel like now it's just the end of an era with all that magnetic stuff, one good EMP and we'd all have dead. Well, and you know what? That is actually my fear right now is um, – what did I see this? <laughs> this is either up on – it's something I've been thinking about for a long time, but it was either up on Boing Boing or io9, one of those sites, uh, just recently. Had an article about we are going to be the um, lost generation essentially because we're relying everything on electronic storage. So all of our comic books, all of our public records, all of our music, all of our movies, everything is now digital, right? I mean, yes, they still put out stuff on DVD, but how many of your bank records are now just all electronic? How much of your bank transfers are all all electronic? All my banking was electronic. It is. It can be if you want it to be. And But what happens if there is that EMP, Matthew? What happens if there isn't a hacker that comes in and just takes down the grid and shuts off uh, all of our computers? (laughs) Takes down the grid like we're gleaming the cube. No, but I mean, the thing is, we lose all that data. And if we can't get that data back, just think of all I'm just thinking of every single picture of my kids, every movie of my kids, the last seven years of their lives gone, never to be accessed again because we don't use film. We don't print things out. It's all in a digital folder. It's all in a digital something. And to be fair, though. Uh, a lockbox with your bank records and precious photos will not withstand a nuclear bomb either. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, way to make yeah. this depressing. Well, guys. I'm just saying if we're worried about it, like there we are, are things our, that we'll take it off also. Yeah, we're setting ourselves up for massive loss of data and information. 
And I was thinking about that again today because I was thinking, you know, I, I had gotten my comic book shipment in and it's quite a bit drastic from what it was seven years ago where I used to buy, you know, 50 comics a month or something like that. Uh, 50 comics a week in some instances uh, that now everything's on digital. I, you know, we are renting these things at some point. Comicsology is going to say, and I'm, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but at some point, Comicsology could just very well say, look, it's not in our business to do this anymore. We can't afford to do this. You've got three weeks to download all of your stuff and uh, put it on your own storage device. Or in the case of some of these publishers who haven't given you the downloadability, all of your issues of Convergence, all of your issues of Batman, all of your issues of Spider-Man gone forever unless you go to the comic book store and are able to find back issues of that. It just uh, It's an interesting thing yeah, to just kind of keep in mind. If if that's your worry... They did get bought by Amazon, which what is probably yeah, yeah, what a top yeah. that's ten why company it's not in the world. Happen. Yeah, yeah. Not likely that it no. happened that anymore. No, but I mean, just think about it. At some point, Amazon could just say, "Well, we can't get quadcopters to deliver packages, <laughs> so we might as well shut down Comixology while we're at it." Um, you know, those are things that we do have to be aware of: is that we could lose all of this data, and it's, and it's had, crazy to think about that. I had an SD card go bad this spring. Yeah. And it seemed like I had lost 10 years, six years, something like that, worth of photos. And what I actually found was, thankfully, I have 640 by 480 versions of all of the missing photos in my phone in a little folder where you have to go down, down, down into the folder. And it's hidden somewhere in all that stuff that gums up my, my stuff. So I managed to retrieve most of it. But it was one of those things I would super bummed and i went to talk to the people they're like well if we can get it we can get a hundred photos off there for 20 bucks and then it would be 10 bucks for each additional hundred yeah and i know i had like 3400 photos on this card yep oh yeah that's not right they're just mean no i mean no it's just you know what is it what is the cost of data recovery and there was Gosh, I forget who he spent something like $34,000 to get um, his hard drives recovered after a major crash because it had his daughter's entire life on there. Not her real life, but I mean, from her, amazing from her birth he, to however old she was, five or six or seven years old. digitized his daughter. For the, you know, seven years worth of content, he was going to lose her first walk, her first laugh, her first, you know, her birth, all going to be gone. And so for him, it was like $34,000 was uh cheap compared to the the potential of lost memories so i don't know are you willing to go that far to recover your data matthew i'm guessing willing, you weren't. maybe i don't know yeah. if i'm able <laughs> you were dude I, mean, I don't make thirty four thousand dollars no but i'm saying for your for your uh for your recovery you i recovered what i recovered and i still have the card and at some point i'm gonna go and i'm gonna drop the three or four hundred dollars and get them all printed out yeah yeah because, you know, but I've yeah. got stuff on there, too, that I don't want printed out. My problem is I know if she goes in there, she's going to be like, well, here's 100 pictures of, uh, I don't know, the Legion of Superheroes and Ashley Williams. Also, we can't find anything of your daughter's first Christmas. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just mm, makes me mad. Rage. Yep. Nope, I understand. All right, everybody, let's wrap it up there this week. Uh, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend. Like I said, next week we will talk about Daredevil and get all of our reactions to at least the first two episodes of Daredevil. So your assignment next week, guys, first two episodes of Daredevil. 
Except for Zach. We'll be here. Matthew. And then uh, second half of the show, we will talk with our special guest about what is it we're we talking about? Oh, something fascinating and something really cool. And it is a guest that many of you have been uh, wanting back for a long, long time. Uh, that person back next week on the Major Spoilers podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. And we will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 whoa. what a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.